We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Pittsburgh Steelers final review. We're going to break down this game in more details. And also, we're going to crown this week's Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week. All in episode 208 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, yes! they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? <laughs> Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 208 on the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Tyler. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code PRIDEPOD. They are matching up all the way up to $100. And if you're not comfortable putting $100, they're matching up to $10, $20, $30. The list goes on. It's up to $100, as low as $10. So go take advantage of that. Go use them on the pickums, even though I've been on a very cold trick and I don't want to talk about that right now. But I got my man, Malcolm, with us. No peer with us. Malcolm, how you doing today? It's it's not a loss Monday. It's not a victory Monday. It's a time Monday. How you doing today, man? Ooh. <laughs> not Ooh. great. Ooh. Ooh. I guess. Ooh. All right. <laughs> how, how, how's your underdog picks going? Because you know you have some news to spill now. Oh, I, I finally won. Let's go. <laughs> I finally pull up, pull, pull up a dub, man. 
finally, man, I, I, I put random parlay. I was just like, yo, whatever, yo, I'm just gonna put ten dollars, whatever, put five people together and just see what happens. And you didn't yeah, tie? I turned, no, I didn't tie. Didn't I, tie. I turned, I turned ten dollars to two hundred. So, uh, I mean, that, that was something to celebrate over the weekend over. You know, surprisingly, I've actually tied on underdog before. And you, if you're, if you're wondering how I've tied on underdog, you know they yeah, have the rival. You know they have the rivals. Oh, it, so like what it, happens it, when it happens? It, what just vo- it, it voids that part of the parlay. But like, if everything else hits, you would then just get like, let's say you did a three leg parlay, it would then just be a two leg parlay if the other two hit, or if you know there's one bust, then the whole thing's a bust regardless. Oh. It didn't matter at the tie. So I mean, so they just avoid that, that part. It's the same thing as putting money on the lines. Uh, put could I put money line lines for this game? And because they tied, they just gave my money back. I didn't win or didn't I didn't, lose. I didn't. I didn't think about that because I was thinking about the spread. You know, if it was a spread, if you put the lines, you would yeah. obviously win. Yeah, you you obviously win line lines, and they tie. They just give you your money back, so you don't win. You don't win. You, okay, you, 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 I, I didn't even I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, money back. So I was like, I was like, all right, that, that's something. At least I get my money back. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm just putting, I'm just guessing. Yeah. All right, let's let, let's get into this Lions Steelers game. I, I'm happy for you, Malcolm. You got your first underdog when you deserved it, man. You you were on a very cold streak, so I'm I, I'm very I'm I'm very happy. So if Malcolm yeah. could do it, you guys could do it. Go use yeah. promo code Pripod. <laughs> yeah, if I can do it, if I, if I just if I could put. Uh, Five people together, man. You can too, man. Is is that simple? You could turn. I turned ten dollars to two hundred. So, I mean, you don't have to make it a five leg either. I mean, you can make it two, three. And Malcolm just felt ballsy. Yeah, you could do whatever you want to put on there. Yeah, yeah. Just put ten dollars. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Lions Steelers. Malcolm, I'm gonna ask you. Did you rewatch this game? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now I got. I I, I got a follow up question to that. Is this the most game you cringed at, or a game that you just were the most frustrated at? What's the no. answer to that? The answer to that question: the um the Eagles game was twenty times worse. Because for me, that this game was we didn't win, we didn't lose, uh, but. I still feel like I ended up being the most frustrated after this game, after all of them. And I'm not even trying to, you know, spill into all recency bias. I went back to almost every game, just looked at everything, and even, like, just watched some highlights of something. Just to not have a recency bias, I'm like, damn, okay, no, that was actually very bad, and I I don't want to relive that. But, no, I I couldn't do it. The Philly game wasn't enough for me. Uh, The San Francisco game, the Chicago game, those games were bad, but – Yesterday just frustrated me so much because yesterday during that game, I felt like we had a legitimate shot to win the game and that a team that we were playing against literally tried to hand us a win and we still couldn't grab it. So that game frustrated me more than any other game this season. And it just ultimately, it's been a while I've been that frustrated with the game. And I didn't think I could be that frustrated with the game this year with my expectations being so low already, but I still found a way to be very, very frustrated with this game. And like I said, this is the most frustrated I've been throughout any game this season. Why? I mean, I, I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, what you said makes sense that, you know, this is a game that def- they definitely had the game handed to them and they definitely tied it. I can tell you this though. I actually, um, after the game, like a little bit after the game, Twitter, 
I just typed in Steelers Twitter, <laughs> Twitter on Twitter. I went there. I just wanted to see how they're feeling. And boy, they were pissed. They are like, you're disappointed. The Lions fans were disappointed that we, we tied this game. We're disappointed. They are mad. They're, they're upset, pissed off and mad. That's a, that's how they feel about this game. They're, I guess their mindset is that, you know what? I get it. Big Ben was out, but you still tied with a Lions? Pittsburgh, what are you doing? Malcolm, like they, 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 they're crushed. Malcolm, we're zero and eight, or zero eight and one now, and I'm not just disappointed. I'm mad. I, I'm actually legitimately, oh, I, I'm legitimately mad from watching that game. That was there, terrible. There's, there's so many mixed feelings. There's some people who's actually not mad or disappointed at all. They're, they're, they're looking at this like, oh, you know what? We tied. We can't go over seventeen. That is such a loser's mentality. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, so. I mean, if you go one and sixteen, is that just as bad as going 0-16 and one? I'm not. I don't even care about the record. I'm just going on what we've seen in this game. I don't care what the no. the final record for this Detroit Lions is. I don't care if, if, like, like I said, if they lost this game from a different reason, where Najee Harris was running the ball and the Pittsburgh Steelers were more talented than you, and T.J. Watt was just destroying your game plan, that is a different thing. The thing that pisses me off th- that we didn't win this game was we had things going our way and things that were going our way that help you win football games. You had a legitimate running game that was working. You had a defense that was playing well. You had the tools. You had the keys, everything to win the game, and they didn't win the game because of their coaching staff and their quarterback, which goes in with the coaching staff. But that's why I'm frustrated. Like the other games – we were just weren't talented enough, or we got out coach or something like that. This is just it was it was idiotic. I mean, the amount of third down runs, third and long runs that I saw in this game, it's just it, it's just frustrating, man. It, it even seemed like an NFL game. Watching this game, man, you got to kind of go back and watch it with a with a clear mind, and that's that kind of see what's going on. So I actually went back and watched the game. This game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of hit it. it. It does fall on Dan Campbell. Jared Goff had a lot to do with it as well. I, I realized something as well. I mean, and and it, you kind of have to look at, at like I said, you got to go back and watch tape, watch the game, and you got to do it with a clear mind. The Lions don't pick up blitz as well. When he was being pressured, there was a lot of free rushers going right at him. And that was just the case of guys not picking up the blitzes. And when that happened, all hell broke loose. Um, re- regarding that throw that he did to Khalif Raymond, that was just severely underthrown. Um, Evan Brown got pushed to his lap, pretty much. Which I, I mean, that's when the injury happened. When he got hurt, he got hurt on that play. So apparently, they did the play action. Evan Brown got pushed all the way back. Jared Goff, and I guess when he threw the ball, I guess he not sure if he hit Evan Brown or. What, whatever, but he got put all the way back to him, and that's what caused the underthrow. So there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, we could just say, yeah, I mean, yeah, Derek Goff completely screwed up that play, but it's, it's a cause and effect. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things wrong with this football team offensively, and it, it boils down to the play calling, the fact that we can't pick a blitz as well, our receivers not getting open downfield, and then Derek Goff. So I think it's a mixture of everything. I, 
I'm not there. I'm just saying it's Jared Goff's fault on offense. It's Jared Goff's 100% his fault on offense. I think it's 25-25 all across the board. The whole offense right now is just bad. Passing-wise, it's just bad. Going through with our receivers, quarterback, everything is bad. And then with Campbell keeping him in there, I mean, I know I said that like 20 times in the last episode. I'm still mad about it. I still think that they should have pulled David. Uh, they should have pulled Jared Goff. It just was bad. Detroit Lions football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charges, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today and use promo code Pride Podcast to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Malcolm, is it? Is it wrong? I know you, you, you put in a fair dispute where blame goes everywhere in offense. You said everywhere, everywhere. You said you said it's a fair distribution. I said if if we are, you know, leaning towards more of a problem, how about this? I don't think it's on more of Jared Goff. I think it was more of the game plan itself than Jared Goff himself yesterday. Because I as bad as Jared Goff was yesterday, they didn't even give him opportunities to even pass the ball, pass the sticks, or pick up a first down. When you run the ball, I think it was five times on third and long. I mean, how, how could I blame the quarterback there? I mean, I know Jared Goff sings, but I can't blame the quarterback there when they're running the ball third and nine, third and 12, another third and nine, third and 10. I mean, this happened not once, not twice, five different times in a ball game. Yeah, I, I can't blame that on the quarterback. You can't. And the thing is also, it's, it's, like I said, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, the coaching staff just don't trust the, uh, Jared Goff. The coaching staff don't trust his offense. His offense is just bad, guys. Okay, the, but- the offensive line can't pick up blitz as well. Mm-hmm. When they, and then when Jared Goff gets true, you know all hell breaks, it breaks loose. Everybody knows that. 
our receivers can't get open downfield. Yeah, we're seeing guys, you know, the, the fourth, fifth option, middle of the field or short yard plays, but down the field, are they open? No, they're not open down the field. But they're not even giving them the opportunity now anymore. Like, I understand it's been bad, and probably the likely chance of converting on those third and longs, probably very low because it's it's not a good offense. Like, we know the talent. But when your coaching staff is not even giving you the chance and that you think the running game on those third and long situations give you a better shot at the first down, I really question the coaching there. I really do. It's it's, it's there's blame to go around for everybody, but the whole offense is just bad. Is every every like you, we could say our offensive line played really well as far as you know run run blocking. You know we we didn't like our offensive linemen. I mean I know Jonah gave up that one sack, gave up a pressure. Um, Taylor Decker had that that one um, false start. They, but they played well. They played well. But the thing is with this offensive line is, yeah, they, they're good at, you know, blocking their assignments. But as soon as they bring that extra guy, we're not picking that guy up. And that guy is coming free every single time. Or they run a little stunt, and they he's he just a free rusher. And that's what's messing up Jared Goff. But Jared Goff, I mean, he had his fair share of awful throws. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tight, he tried to do a tight end screen to – TJ Hawkinson while he was still engaging his block, which almost got picked off, which like that, this is plays like that is just like, uh, come on, jerk off. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But then, then again, you just see all around, man, just been bad. Like, I have a question right now. I don't know our coach staff. I think right now, though, I think honest link has been Anthony Lynn. The weakest. The the weakest weakest link out of all of like all of our coaches right now. Like, if there was a coach right now, you think that could possibly lose their job. I think Anthony Lynn has lost his job already. I mean, isn't it the biggest F you to Anthony Lynn taking the offensive play calling away for, from a guy who's never called play in his life? That, that That's a big F you to Anthony Lynn, in my opinion. I think he's out of a job. After this year, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely, man. I think, honestly, I think, like, he may not be here next year. I mean... I think Anthony Lynn has had his fair share of good play calling and his fair share of bad play calling, but the, it, it was an interesting decision of Dan Campbell. When, when Dan Campbell said he was going to get himself more involved in offense, I didn't think he literally meant he was going to take over the play calling. And I said this yesterday, this is not why we hired Dan Campbell. We didn't hire him to call plays. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, Anthony Lynn, like I said, has had his fair you know share of bad calls games i don't think anything was as bad as what i saw yesterday as far as an offensive game plan yeah i mean yeah that was bad and, and that's on dan campbell he was calling plays it is 100 percent on dan campbell now how much of that was due to like dan campbell saying it was like when i, I went back watched the interview ended on he said it was pretty much 50 50 as far as Jared Goff being hurt and the weather. And that's yeah. why the play calling went the way the play calling went. So, I mean, shit. It, it was just a, it was an awful game plan. I mean, and as awful of a game plan that that was offensively, they, they still gave us a chance to win. Do you know why you had a chance to win this game? And this is what pisses me off and how you should have killed the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had so many things working your, your way. 
something the Lions haven't been able to do these first couple weeks is establish a real running game throughout the whole game. Like they've shown glimpses and moments of a running game. They had a dominant run attack throughout the whole football game until the start of that second half when when you're not going to do anything else. Of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to bring everybody and dare you to pass the ball. But the Detroit Lions were still still the Lions were still stubborn enough to not pass the ball. And that's what pisses me off. You had a strength. You take the next step and maximize that strength. Maybe run a bootleg. Maybe run a play action. You know, maybe just put Jared Goff in a shotgun. Something else besides what you were doing the whole first half. It's going to work, but it's not sustainable for a whole entire football game. And that's why you didn't win. You didn't lose this football game. It almost seemed like you played not to even win the game. You seemed like you just did not want to lose the game. That's what it seemed like. That's what it seemed to me how the Detroit Lions played the game. They didn't seem like they wanted to win. They just didn't want to lose. Attempt something different. Like I said, it seemed like Dan Campbell was on Madden. He had a set of glitch plays that he thinks he could run off the whole game. And in Madden, yeah, you could do that. And actually, I remember you told me something. You had a franchise. like You could even run multiple plays because if there's glitch here or whatever, right? Dan, Dan Campbell threw out that rule and said, no, I'm running this play the whole game, whether it works or not. And hey, that could work in Madden. Oh, yeah, I, I've seen it. It could work in Madden. But yeah, they, even have, they even have a new feature in Madden that, like, you can only run certain play, like, like you can limit. Like, we have, like, a franchise. You can limit how many plays a certain player could run at the same time. So you could change uh, – you could put it to five, that they can't run the same the entire game, or four, or seven. Like, most of my leagues is five. I don't Where there's offensive defense – yeah, I don't think Dan Campbell is Madden 22. I think he's on the old Madden. I think he's on the old Madden's where he's he's running the one play. Yeah, so yeah, they make you have to switch it up. But uh, from what Dan Campbell is trying to say is that he he took over play calling to to try to get deeper shots is what he was. But because of the weather, because of Dan, because of Jared Goff's injury, <clears throat> they couldn't do that. They did. They couldn't do that anymore. So, he tried. He said he tried to do it that first. That it was. It looked like it was after. If I can remember correctly, we were watching the game. It was after interception. So they got the interception. And then they immediately went to play action and tried to get Khalif Raymond deep. And that's when Jared Goff got hurt. He got hurt on that play. And then ever since then, the offense just went to shits. <laughs> it just went to it went to running, 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 running. And the thing is, I mean, when it was working, man, I was loving it. You saw me on Twitter like, yeah, you just run, run, run. You know, just if it's working, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know? So yeah. I, I didn't care. I didn't but care. It, was, it was getting broken. That's the, that's the point where you have to adjust that point. If it, I agree with you. If it's not – we see it all the time in the NFL, and especially versus the Lions. Opposing teams do this to us all the time. Yeah. They find something that we are not good at, and they will attack that weakness throughout the whole game. And the Lions are just a team that never adjusts throughout the game. So, like, you could keep doing that. The Pittsburgh Steelers obviously adjusted to it. That's why you have to adjust to what they're adjusting to as well. When they're bringing literally everybody, almost the whole fucking defense that we're going to implement and just try to stop this run, why don't you just try a, a play action? Why, why don't you go into a shotgun and, and you know try a one-on-one with your receivers? I know they're not favorable matchups, but, but yeah, like, you, thing, you, you still have to try it. Like They didn't try it. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, that's, that's what... That's what not, that's what's not having a guy that could win a one-on-one matchup in, on the outside. That's what you can do. You don't have nobody that can really win, really win a one-on-one. I mean, you're 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 counting, you know, they're number one receivers. You're counting on Trinity Benson, Khalif Raymond, Kadera Hodge. These, these are guys you're counting on right now to win one-on-one matchups. 
Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, so I, I understand it, it's that. tough, man. So what happens is that, yeah, they load the box. But what happens is that, yeah, you don't run the ball, but those guys are not just standing there. They're 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 pressuring you. They're going to come after the quarterback. And you're at that point. You got your outside receiver. They have to win. Or Derek Goff is going to – he's going to turn the ball over. So I think they're more afraid of, you know, Derek Goff is hurt. We don't have nobody to beat the. We don't have a, we don't have a receiver that could beat one on one coverage right now. Let's just run the ball and not turn the ball over. This is not turn this ball over. How about that's we do not this? A, that's not a winning mentality though. That just like I said, it, it screams like we just try not to lose the game. We're just going to play the field position and we're like it seemed like that their hope was to only win the game is if the defense forced a pick six. Maybe you got a bad snap, which they did get actually once. Uh, they had a bad snap and like you hope that. You're just hoping Pittsburgh makes a mistake before you make a mistake, which yeah. I absolutely hate, and that's not acceptable in my in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, and this is the positive I take from this game. This is the positive I take from this game, and it, they were out there. The starting quarterback Ben Roethlisberger was not there. They had still held the Pittsburgh Steelers to 16 points, which is what they gave them. He gave up one touchdown. Yeah, and they kicked three, three field goals. three field goals. Yeah. So that's a hell of a job for our defense. I don't care if it is the backup quarterback in our Lions defense in the past. No matter who's back there, lit us up. Lit us up and did whatever they want to do. And just they're they're able to control just, just control the game. But we were able, even without Ben Robertsberger, this is still a solid Pittsburgh Steelers team. I mean, they have a dynamic running back. They still have a guy that can stretch the field and beat you deep. Yeah. And no matter who we had out there, we still did a really good job. We forced turnovers. W- one thing we didn't we didn't pressure really pressure um, Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah, we didn't pressure Rudolph. At, we didn't get any sacks. So that that was one thing they did pressure him because you know they they forced him out of the pocket, made him run, but they didn't get after him. They didn't get any sacks. That, that's something that they have to fix. You know, we need to get guys even because if we were rushing four, because. They they mainly rush four, rush three, and there's something you know they blitz. But you gotta win those matchups, man. If you're just gonna rush four, you gotta win the matchups. You can't just give the guy time in the pocket like that. Yeah. But they now, they, they they still did a good job. I think the defense. Yeah. I, I tip my hat out to the defense. The defense played as well as they could could have been. The played. They they played they played well, and they they gave us a chance. They the defense gave us a chance to win this game. Yeah, I mean they gave the touchdown up in the first possession of the football game, and then all, other than that. You know, they, they forced stops, uh, field goal attempts, and that was really about it. So they they, they did a good job, uh, most definitely. Two of them, two of them were in the red zone. Two stops were in the red zone. Yeah, and and I give a lot of credit to the defensive back group because that was a position that we had a lot of questions about coming into the season and had a lot of questions even throughout the first month of the season. And I think these guys slowly but surely are kind of coming to their own a little bit and are coming legitimate NFL corners. I'm not saying they're stars, but I think they look like guys who could star or guys who deserve to be on a football team. And I'm going to give a credit to Amani Oruorie, who made a lot of hell of a plays in that football game. Uh, Jerry Jacobs, when he was healthy, made a lot of hell of a game, a lot of hell of a plays. And then someone else, former Pittsburgh Steeler practice squad player, got beat on a play, but his hustle and you know, forcing a fumble really impressed me. Mark Gilbert, man, you know, that, that was a guy that was kind of thrown into a situation that, you know, not many people would feel very confident about if he was thrown into the game. And I, I thought 
you know, there was moments where he wasn't great, obviously, like he gave up the big play, but then, you know, he comes back, puts his head down, and he forces a fumble. He punched that ball right out of Deontay. That, that, was, that was the same play. That's the effort. That was, that was great effort. That was the yeah. same exact play. So he gave up a he yep. gave up a big pass, and he never gave up on the play, and puts he punched the down. ball out. Yeah, puts his head down, runs towards Deontay Johnson, and grabs that big Justin Coleman fist. It punches that boy out and forces a fumble, and lines yeah. get, you know lines get the ball back, and he gave them a, a shot to win the game again. Yeah, defense. So. You know, even you know Will Harris. What Will Harris? Yeah, Will Harris. He gave us the ball with like what I think it was like eight seconds, but still, <laughs> I mean, it's still a play made by Will Harris. What Aaron Glenn has done with this defense has been phenomenal, man. You know, Aaron Glenn has been. He's been a he's he's been a positive factor, and you asked the question of who's been the weak link of the of the coaching staff. I would say the biggest positive has been Aaron Glenn so far this season. I think he's just he's been really good for this team. You know, he's he's not really working with much talent, and you know we use the talent thing. I think an excuse for too many things. Like I understand it's a very valid excuse because. I understand this talent is not good on this football team, but Aaron, Aaron Glenn kind of throws that out the window. It doesn't matter who he's playing offensively. You know, he's going to put a, a legitimate defensive game plan most weeks, and he's going to give your team a chance to win the game. And I think that's just very positive and optimistic going forward is like if we could get some guys on this defense and, you know, when we have a legitimate offense, it gives you some positive and like some optimism is like, you know, we have something going forward that we could build off. Aaron Glenn is doing this with not much talent right now. What could he do when he gets more talent throughout the draft or in free agency? And these guys that he has on his team, you know, get more experience and come better NFL players. Like, what is he going to start doing with those guys when when his players start to get better? Because what he's doing with the talent he has right now is truly unbelievable, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, man. And another shout-out goes to RB Pleasant, man. He's another guy. Well, hold it, guys. Yeah, whole defensive staff. The whole defensive staff, man. All of them been really, really great, man. Yeah. That that's that's very positive, man. The, the the bad part with this team so far has been, I guess, the questionable calls made by Dan Campbell and um Anthony Lynn, man. And Anthony Lynn was always, I mean, even though I did rave about the staff, he was one guy that was a little shaky to me. Yeah, you look at his resume, you just say, what has he? What has he really done? I mean, I know people are saying, oh, look, we did it. Dustin was he even a play caller for the, the Chargers last year? Or did they rely on their – did they give it to the OC? I'm trying to think. I don't know who they're – I think it was their OC, if I'm not mistaken. But I think Lynn yeah, had – I think Lynn had, a, you know, a say. He was the head coaching. He, he yeah. did the head coaching duties. Yeah. So a lot of people – when he came in, a lot of people are saying that he attributed a lot of success for Justin Herbert. I think Justin right. Herbert's just a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, man, I I don't put none of that on on um Anthony Lynn. So I mean, you look at it, it's like, oh man, like, but I still have faith in these guys. I mean, I think Anthony Lynn just need need to get it together. I think some, you know, in the beginning of the year, I think the personnel was awful on some plays. Like he didn't know who to have in on certain packages. Some plays we'll see <laughs> Swift on thirty ones. Like what? What are you doing? When you have Jamal yeah. Williams, it's like this stuff like that. It was just, it was just, it was just crazy to me. So I don't know. I would say that, so far has been. I have one thing I like about Dan Campbell's offense. Literally one thing I could pull out, and I just thought of this randomly because you brought up the third and shorts. 
we finally ran the ball on fourth and one. Yeah, they started doing that after they realizing that passing on fourth and one is not a good idea, or passing on third and one is not a good idea. They 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 did it is is starting to click. Yeah, you know. Well, that's one um, thing I could take away that that was a positive from offense. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, we all like the going for it on fourth down. I mean, sometimes it's just. I mean, he does it all, almost all of. I mean, he. I think he's leading the league. And yeah. going for it and fourth down. I, I think us in Kansas City are like the top two teams in fourth down right now. That's 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 insane. I mean, yeah. hell, I mean, if it works, it works, man. We get we get it. It's all good, man. I get well, you. To, lose to be fair, a lot of not a lot of them. A lot of them are like you said, are like just gutsy play calling. But a lot of the other ones are just we we are so down in games and we're just. You know, it's garbage time and it's some situations gets the fourth down and it's like, okay, you're obviously going to go for it. It's a no-brainer, right? If you get it, you keep the drive going. If you don't get it, it's over. Some of them are kind of scary. A lot some of them are scary. Some, I don't, I don't, them, I, I don't agree with most of them, honestly. Some yes, them we're on a, yeah, some of them we're on our own, our own side of the field. Yeah, like, I remember we'll on our own, we'll our own 35 and yeah, he'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll no. go for it. So. Those are the scary ones. Like, oh man, like we don't like they're already in field goal range. This is not good. Yeah, no, we're only I, down by like seven. You know, yeah, that that was a sense game. I always use the term "there's aggressive and there's reckless." That to me is reckless. Yeah. Like I, I understand people love like uh, like everyone always says, "Oh, I love aggressive coaches." You always got to put your your you always got to keep your foot on the gas pedal. I understand. It. I love the cliche, but like. Dan Campbell literally means that, and I, I don't know how comfortable I'm with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shoot, if we have, like, a really good offense and, you know, we have a high chance of converting those, I don't want it. But we don't. Yeah, we don't. But, like hey. the only the only team that can get away with that, and I guess I can't really say that this year, but, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, there's a reason why they're the, the second, leadest, second leading team on fourth down because – they have the firepower to, to convert on fourth downs, and yeah. like, like it, it's just a different story. When you're when you're the Detroit Lions and you have this personnel, I don't know how wise of an idea of it is. Yesterday, I didn't mind. It. I mean, yesterday was a good idea. It was fourth and one. I don't remember what the exact score of the game was, but I remember it made sense to go for it. It was too far for a field goal and too close for a punt. So, like in that situation, it made sense to go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And your you run game want, was working. Yeah, you don't want to give Ryan Santoso no more kicks, at least as possible. Yeah, I'm shocked that he's still on this team right now. I'm surprised they didn't cut him. Yeah, he's still said, here. They the they actually asked Dan Campbell about that question, is and yeah. he said that they're going to bring in kickers this week to compete with Ryan Santoso. So who the hell is out there? <laughs> um, I saw, I heard some names. I heard like Mike Nugent. Ah, uh, who else was out there? That's a name. Let me see. I'm going to look this out for you really yeah. quickly. Yeah, who's out there? I mean, we had Zingas on. He's playing well right now in Carolina. He's the Carolina he starting kicker. He, he's playing well. And so is Randy Bullock in Tennessee. He's playing really well right now for the Titans. I, I watched him miss a 40-yarder. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he's one of the top he's, he's one of the top fantasy kickers this year. Ryan Bullock? Yeah. Randy probably Bullock. because probably because oh Randy Bullock, my bad. It's probably because uh when they had I mean they, they score a lot of touchdowns and they're always in field goal range, so all right, let's look at kicker. I can't believe I'm actually looking at this right now. Let's look into kickers right now, boys. Yeah, this is bad because Austin Seibert is IR, which I just found out earlier today. Yeah, did you out. know he? Was, well, you yeah. knew he was on IR. Yeah, he messed up his hip. 
you knew going to the game he was on, on IR? Yeah, they placed him on Saturday or Friday. Was, I didn't even know that. I was like, oh, he has a little hip injury. He'll be right back. And Ryan Satoso is playing for this game. No, I didn't no. know, like, this is it for Ryan. This is it for, like, I didn't know, like, they were, like, making Ryan our kicker. So, you know, I just thought of, I don't think he's on their active roster. Can't we technically, I don't know if he's one, because they have that protection thing on practice squad, but the guy from Baltimore, Jake Verity, remember that that was a, a name that a lot of Lions fans wanted when he got yeah. lift. Yeah. The, I think the Lions could technically, if the if the Ravens don't have him protected, I don't know if they do or not. I think the Lions could technically sign him off the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. I think that that's a possibility. That's a hope. Uh, another another name I got for you, Cody Parkey. <laughs> Cody Parkey. No, man. Double doink. <laughs> Double doink. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why he's deployed, man. I mean, I would take Cody Parkey right now. I there's not. I don't think I take right. Santoso. I don't think ever played over, over, over Santoso. Over Santoso. Hell yeah, bro. So, that was the worst kick I ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'll take Cody Parkey over. At least Parkey could hit the upright. I've never seen a kick like that ever. <laughs> like he should have immediately faked an injury. <laughs> he should have after he kicked that ball. He should have held his hamstring and just fell to the ground, and just been like, "I'm hurt." And that's why that ball looked like that. That was. The worst kick I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, they're, they're gonna bring in some guys. I, I would, I would assume Cody Park is probably gonna be on this list. I mean, he has experience. He's been on multiple different NFL teams. I would expect Cody Park is gonna be on this list of a workout this is, candidate. This is this is the worst case scenario for any Lions <laughs> fan, bro. Not only are we o eight and one, not only are we o eight and one, but now we're going through a kicking a kicking search. We're talking trying about to find Cody- a kicker. We're talking about Cody Parkey being the best upgrade we have right now. We're talking about <laughs> double doink Cody Park. Really? <laughs> Cody Parkey, I, I don't know if you remember when we played him in 2018. The, the Bears beat us in this game. They killed us, but I think he hit an upright. He hit an upright in that game as yeah. well versus the Lions. That was a year. That was the year everybody was just kicking, hitting the pole for just no reason at yeah. Ford Field. That wasn't even at Ford Field, it was at Soldier Field. But yeah, I remember that. At Ford Field, yeah, everyone was hitting the upright that year. Yeah. They were just doing it on purpose, like, all right. They'll like right upright, <laughs> and they'll yeah. just nail the upright like every Mason, single kicker. Mason Crossbar hit four of them, I think, that game. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what was going on that year, but nobody was just making field goals. Yeah, but no, this is four. bad, man. This is bad. Now we don't have a kicker, and going through a kicking search mid-season when your team is already bad, it's just awful. We're gonna have more games like this where, oh man, we lost by a point. <laughs> we could have won if we would have kicked that. It would have made that extra point, or man, yeah. we could have won if we would have made that field goal or twenty-nine yard field goal. It's gonna you know, come down to this. You know what this is? That we we as Curse Lions. Lane? No, this is something different now. <laughs> this is not the curse of Bobby Lane. This is this is a different curse now because Lions Lions fans, the Lions organization have been fortunate with two very good kickers for a very long time: Jason Hansen and Matt Prater. Fortunate. Yeah. We won so many games off their legs, right? Not that the Lions won many games in history, but they won a lot of games from those guys' legs. They were all reliable. We could always count on them. We are now in a season where we have lost the Baltimore game, the Minnesota game, and now the Pittsburgh game. We have lost three games because of a kicker. Justin Tucker kicking at a 66-yarder for the longest field goal in NFL history breaking Matt Prater's record. Greg Joseph hitting a 
or 50 plus yard or field goal for game when he when it was short on 40 something and then ryan santoso having maybe the ugliest kick in nfl history <laughs> the the ugliest kick that that oh man that that's like a record those are a record of like the ugliest kick ever Malcolm, I'm just curious. What was your confidence when they sent out Santoso? Like, I understand it was the right decision. They had to, they had to send out Santoso, but I wasn't confident when they sent him out. You there. wasn't confident. I, I mean, yeah, because he, he he just makes extra. He missed an extra point, and if he would have missed it wide right, I'd be like, damn it, you know. But the way he missed that field goal, there's no there's no excuse for that. Yeah, no, they, I, they didn't have an excuse for that. He was like, yeah. they Cable said, yeah, it was the, the 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 snap was good, the hold was good, and that was it. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, that was good after that. No, it's just like I, I just I had that gut feeling. I'm like, we're not winning this game. We're not going to win this game. Like, we're not going to win off this game because of Ryan Santoso. I was confident, man. It was a what 39 yarder? It was 39 yard. No, field it, was, goal? it was like 40, oh, 49, 49, 49, 49, 49 yard yeah. field goal. I told you I had my daughter out here. My daughter was out here. She was like, "Oh, what's going on?" I was like, "Baby, we're tied, but we're about to win this game. This is it. This is it for us. We're we're not going 0 17 now. This is it." And See, she it, saw it, and then she just said, "Ha!" Huh, and just went in the room. My daughter hates on me for everything. <laughs> she, like, whenever the Lions lose, she's like, "Oh, how did the Lions do?" I'm like, you already know. And she's like, "Ah!" And she was just going in the room. See, if it if it was thirty nine yards, I think I would have confidence in the kick. But th- since it was forty nine, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. A- after seeing that kick, I have no confidence in making. No, 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 no. Now I'm saying in the moment, in the moment, I if it was thirty nine yards, I would have felt fine. I think Chris Myers bringing up that damn stat that Ryan Santos's long career field goal is 35 yards. I think that him bringing up six plus times, I think just in that drive alone, I think I lost all confidence. I think I lost all confidence. <laughs> like, honestly, like if, even if they would have like got the ball back in field goal range, it had it came down to Ryan Santos to kick the field goal. I would just turn the TV off. I, I would just known that it just wasn't going to go in. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, it's something else I didn't think about until I I rewatched the game and I just rewatched the ending of the game. This is hindsight's twenty twenty because I I can't blame Dan Campbell this because I didn't see this personally. So, I mean, you could maybe say otherwise that he's the coach and he should have noticed this. But I'm just curious. Not that it had any effect on the game, but on third down, we see around the NFL when you have a situation like that when it's you go to the, you know you're going to win the game or you go to overtime if you miss it, right? In that situation, we see a lot of times in the NFL on third down, teams will kick the field goal just in case of a bad snap. You could just you know get on the ball. And especially in those weather conditions, the Lions didn't do that. Are, are Were you concerned in that moment, or did you even notice that until now? I just noticed that. I, I, yeah, I didn't, realize, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that until I rewatched the game. I didn't, re- I didn't realize it in the moment, but I realized it afterwards. I'm like, that is interesting because usually a lot of NFL teams like to have the extra opportunity just in case you know, a bad snap or, um, you know, just something goes wrong where you don't even have the attempt to kick the ball. And, and you know, especially those weather conditions. So a bad snap, a bad snap was, you know, it, it was very realistic and on the line. But they didn't do that. They, they try to get more yards. You know, what, what would your approach be personally in that situation? I mean, I, I don't even know, man. I probably would have just – Probably would just did it the same thing, man. To be honest with you, bro. Just do it. I try to get more yards and just rely on fourth down. Yeah, I mean that's only. I mean that's. Only, I don't know. That's I don't tough. know. It's. T- I didn't think about it in the moment, so I'm not going to be too critical on it because I. Th- that's just hindsight's twenty twenty. But like, you know, maybe as a coach of the NFL team, you, you know the situation a little bit more. I, I'm curious 
if we'll ever know that answer. I'm curious if some of a media member will ask that question or something like that. It's like, did Dan Kimble even have any considerations kicking the field goal on third down just in case of a bad snap or something like that? But I don't know. I mean, regardless, it wouldn't matter. It was a good snap. Everything was in place for the game-winning kick. Santos will miss it regardless. So it, it, it wasn't like we had a bad snap. And, you know, I think if there was a bad snap, I think then there would be a lot of cr- criticism toward Dan, Dan Campbell's way. It's like, oh, how do you not kick it on third down? And, and a lot of, a lot of yada, yada. But since it didn't really come into play because the kick was so bad and it wasn't anything with the snap, I think that's why almost everyone essentially forgot about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, think of it this way. If – if he would have went, for, if he would have kicked it on third, and they would have missed it, he would have got the same criticism. He would have probably gotten even more criticism for, for not so. trying, for not trying to get more yards because of the conditions, because of having Ryan Ryan Santoso. I mean, I think I think it's like a one of those situations. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah, no, you're, you're, I think you're right there. So I, I'm, I don't really care about it that all that much, honestly. But I thought it was interesting because I think we've seen the NFL. A lot of teams will kick it on third down instead. Yeah, I mean, the only way that would be safe, a, a safe situation, if they were, like, in the 10-yard line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really think about it at the time, and I don't really think of it too much of it now. But I was just curious to hear your thoughts on that because I thought it was interesting because I was like, you know, that is interesting. I'm like, uh, the Lions didn't even, you know, uh, attempt to field go on third down. It was just, you know, they put all their eggs in the baskets on fourth down. and Yeah, they, but Prater, you do it. 100%. Yeah, on third down, right? On third down, 100%. Yeah, you do it. I Matt agree. Prater. I agree. Yeah, or, or, or any reliable kicker, you do it. But I agree. Yeah, I was. I, that's what I said. I'm not going to be too hard on it because I didn't think it was ultimately too much of a bad decision, but I did think it was an interesting one. So, all right. Let's get into our oops, doopsie, and baller of the week. Um, we do that. So, I'm going to kick it off to you, Malcolm. This is honors yours this week. Oh, Who's the baller of the man. week? I didn't even think about this because I was expecting Pierre to be here today to to do this. So, who am I going to give it to? I think you got some options. I do. It's not like the Philly game. All right. So, I mean, let's see. You know what? I want to go off. I want to go offense. I want to go offense with this. Oh, and no. yeah, yeah, it's pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> um. Should I, should I go defense with this? Don't take an offensive player, please. I know this yeah, is not my segment, but don't take an offensive player. Take an offensive player? Don't take an offensive player. That is the biggest disrespect to the defense, and what that offense showed on no, Sunday the, the does thing not is, deserve a baller of the week. I don't the, care what DeAndre Swift ran all over. I don't care. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give honorable mention, and that's going to be that person on offense. But the, I, I'll say, you know. You're going to give it to Matt Nelson, aren't you? No. no oh, okay. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> continue because the thing is with the defense i think they all played so well it's it's hard for me just to pick one person on defense um if there was one person that would have to give it to on defense i mean it's really hard um to just get to pick one person on on defense it doesn't have to be one one player it could be a unit yeah i mean the the defensive unit all right i want to give a shout whole defensive unit for holding up us to even be in this game for you know making the Pittsburgh Steelers only put up seven of uh, 16 points one touchdown three field goals stopping them twice inside your own five in your in your in the 10 yard line you inside the 10 yard line you stop them twice to make them kick two field goals I think they did a really hell of a job 
So that's why it was really hard for me to just uh, pick one person. You know, it's easy to say you know, Julian Okora or, um, you know, Amani Warre with his PBUs. Um, you know, Jerry Jacobs played a hell of a he had, he, had, he played a he had a hell of a job, even though that he was out in the third quarter. Um, you know, all, all these the whole the whole defense played well. Now, as far as the guy on the offense, I want to give it to is Godwin Ikebuke, and the reason why is because, I mean, even on special teams, he played really he he did his job. He came in on offense, those few plays, and he balled out the front of those few plays that he had. So I want to give a shout out to Godwin. Godwin Ikebuke. What's his nickname? The the, the safety from <laughs> Northwest. The, North- the, the, the former safety former from safety? Northwestern. Yeah. The former safety from Northwestern. Look <laughs> at the former safety from Northwestern making plays, dude. I felt like a proud dad watching Godwin Ikebuke ball out. Yo, I feel like I a proud heard, dad saying his name. Yeah, I heard that he blacked out when he scored that touchdown. That's what they said. They said that when he. I guess you were trying to get his reaction. And he said, "I guess he said he's, he blacked out." <laughs> that was that. That was awesome. It was a forty-two yard run that he had, but and that's the longest run that we had in probably forever. So that was that was that was promising, man. I, I like with the running backs. I think we have a good group of guys, and even though that some of these guys are banged up, there's a guy in our practice squad that I think is really well. He's really good too. That you know, if these guys can't go, he could get called up. Talk about Craig Reynolds. Yep, the preseason super Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> he ain't Netflix no more. He wasn't practicing the whole time. Yeah. Hopefully he's actually practicing because Ryan Santoso was practicing. I thought he was practicing and we saw what the hell he did you know Sunday. We saw that. I thought David Blau was practicing too. Well, we don't know that because they don't even display him. He, and this is this is crazy because I didn't even see I haven't seen what he can do this year. We saw the a minimum of what he could do. I mean, it was bad. No, I saw something else last or this Sunday. He won us a coin toss in overtime. He did win us a coin toss in overtime. That that, that is true. That that's hundred percent facts. That is showing but captain for the, ability right there. But for them to not even put this guy in when you're you're office off you're limiting yourself on offense is is bad. It's a bad look for David Blau. Yeah. I don't want to get is too it, much in that because we already get we did that a lot on our last episode. So it's like I don't wanna Talk about that too much, but like, yeah, yeah I, I agree 100% with you. I, I just don't understand how we got to that point where you just didn't even try it when you took out essentially half the playbook and just stuck to just the run. I don't understand how you could go to a guy. How bad is David Blau in your eyes that you could even trust him with some of the playbook? You know, just to open up a little bit where the Steelers actually have some type of thought that you might actually be passing the ball because. With Jared Goff out there, there was no thought at all that we we're going to pass the ball. And if it was, it was going to be a screen pass that wasn't going anything more than two yards. And, I mean, is this a clear indication of, you know, where they see him on the depth chart? I honestly feel like when Tim Boyle comes back, he's going to be QB2. And David Blau is probably going to be QB, either QB3 or probably not even on this team. Yeah, I think you're right. I think even throughout the preseason, I mean, Tim Boyle was always getting the second team reps and, he was always the guy to relieve Jared Goff whenever, you know, it, when Goff was out of the game. It was always Tim Boyle. So I feel like you are right. I feel like they have more trust in Tim Boyle. I don't know. I mean, just from what we watched in the preseason, which, you know, they, these guys obviously have a better, more looks than we do because we only got to see three games of these guys. Um, I didn't really see much of a difference. So it, yeah. if, it, if it's that much of a difference where they have – faith in that guy then I, I don't know i don't i don't see a huge 
significant difference between the two, honestly. I think they were very similar. And if anything, I thought Blau was better, if anything. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, he's in there with third and fourth. Yeah, he, it, was playing, it was playing versus worse competition. That yeah, is way, true. way worse. Which is fair. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see much of, like, a, a difference, though, I guess. Yeah. I like wonder. Boyle didn't impress me. Yeah, I wonder what's going to happen because I know um, Dan Campbell today said that um, Jared Goff was being checked out. There's a big chance that he's going to show up on the injury report. So I want to see how they handle that and how his reps are going to be and if he's able to play. Yeah, which we'll talk about in our next episode when we break yes, down sir. the Cleveland Browns. So. Yes, sir. So, yeah, man, just go to your oopsie doopsie of the week. I, didn't, I know this is probably going to be hard for you, but. Play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Yeah. No, yeah, oopsie doopsie. Very tough. Uh, I'm not giving it to Jared Goff. I'm sorry. I think everyone is. You don't apologize? It's just. I'm going to be careful with my words right here. It's, it. it's coming more difficult to defend Dan Campbell. It really Ooh. is. Because Ooh. there's just so many questionable things that are happening throughout the week. I'm just questioning it. And I'm being patient with this whole thing because the roster stinks. I- I'm going to be patient with Dan Campbell. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But as far as just Sunday's game versus Steelers, I have no excuse for that. I have no – I can't look a different way. I can't give him any benefit of the doubt. Terrible. Everything was terrible about that, about Dan Campbell. And the execution of the game, I, I hated the game plan so much. Like I said, it-, it just seemed like it was a type of game where they just tried not to lose. And – that's just not a winner's mentality to me. And that, that's not the mentality that Dan Campbell gave me when we hired him or that press conference where he says, you know, we're going to bite kneecaps. We're going to we're gonna be a team that, are, you know, teams that are scared of. He didn't give me that vibe on Sunday. It was actually the complete opposite. Um, so my oopsie doopsie of the week is Dan Campbell. And I want to say this. I, like I said, I'm not out on Dan Campbell. I'm just saying it is tougher to defend Dan Campbell from what we saw on Sunday. Is there time to correct that? Most definitely. There's a lot of time to correct that. And he's going to get this year. And he's going to get next year. So I want to see improvements. But yesterday was a couple steps backwards from what we've seen in pre- some previous weeks. And I want to see Dan Campbell kind of get back to his his roots and get back to the things that I was liking about him earlier in the season. Because on Sunday versus Steelers was unacceptable to me. I'm going to give him the pass but it's still going to earn the oopsie doopsie of the week. But I'm going to give him the pass. I'm not going to call for his job or anything like that. But I, I just I just want to see something different because, like I said, that, that was unacceptable to me. So Dan Campbell is the oopsie doopsie of the week. Let me ask you a question. If he continues to play call, um, would you feel differently about him and this, this regime? If Dan Campbell continues to play call and, and calls a game like that? I don't expect it to be called like that. But – Continues to call the plays. The thing is, though, we didn't hire Dan Campbell to be a play caller. Yeah, we didn't. Like that—that that wasn't my my thoughts when we hired Dan Campbell. I, I didn't think of Dan Campbell as some some mastermind X and O's type of guy. But, that was that was the exact definition. I said he's not an X and O's type of guy. He's gonna be he's gonna be here to coach you a game. Hey, that that's gonna be his job. That's what I'm gonna be judging him on. I'm not gonna be judging him on his offense because he doesn't have an offensive scheme. Yeah, I'll say this though. You know what? I'll say this. It takes a lot of guts to do that. And the reason why I say that is because he knows this the offense was struggling. He did. He knows, he knows the offense was struggling. So he uh, you know as a head coach he said that he wants to, he wants to make it work. 
so I, I get that. I think honestly, and this is like this bringing up the past, which I don't really like doing. But if Jim Caldwell would have did that, he probably would have had success as our as our head coach. Mm-hmm. If Jim Caldwell would have said our offense is struggling, when our offense were, was struggling, let me take over play calling because he showed in the past he's a hell of a play caller. Yeah. I mean, we saw what he did to Joe Flacco. So if he would have did that, he probably would still be here right now. And we wouldn't probably be having this conversation. But for Dan Campbell to do that, he sees office struggling. He, you know, he's not going to fire him. This is his first year. He's not going to fire Anthony Lynn. But he's saying, telling Anthony Lynn, like, look, I mean, we're not, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. He's looking at the numbers. He's seeing the percentages. He sees everything, you know. So he wants to see maybe if, if he could do a better job to get the offense rolling. So that takes guts. It does, and I respect him for it because a lot of coaches, and especially today's NFL, you saw just with the last regime and that Patricia, like, you know, he's obviously, he has a scheme and he has his X and O's. Like, he's known for that, right? I'm not saying yeah. he, he was good at it, but, like, that that was, like, his calling card, right? It's like, he, he knows how to call defense. He knows schematically what to do, but that's not Dan Campbell's. Does he? I, I'm saying, like, that's what he was known <laughs> as, right? Like, when we hired him, right? Like, like he has a defensive scheme. So if if Matt Patricia said, I'm going to step in, I'm going to start calling defensive plays, I wouldn't question it as much. But since Dan Campbell has never had experience or in history with it, that's why I question it. You know, like if we had Robert Sala right now and he, he wants to kind of step in with the defense and be a defensive coordinator, that's fine. I'm okay with the head coach stepping into that role of being an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever your, your specialty is. But – the thing is, that's not Dan Campbell's thing. Like, he's never been a play caller. He's never called play. So it's like, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like a guy with zero experience is now going to be our offensive coordinator. And what I saw on Sunday, the experience showed. The experience definitely showed that he yeah, never it, called plays. Yeah, it, it, it did. I mean, maybe him being around Sean Payton, and that's what Sean Payton does. Maybe that's what gave him the idea of maybe I should take, take control of the offense to try to, you know – try to find some type of momentum so to try to get something rolling because I mean they, they he went in a bye week and he looked at everything. Yeah. He, he, he there's no way he looked at offense and said this offense is okay. He knows his offense has been no, terrible. And, I, and I'm okay with him dabbling and and trying to suggest things to like Anthony Lynn and, and the offensive staff to try to fix it. But like as far as the prime the primary play caller, I don't that's not why we hired Dan Campbell and I, and I don't do like it. that. I don't like that idea. This, this to, be, to be honestly man, I mean this year's a wash to me. It's, I mean it's a wash to everybody. Everybody knows this year's over. We not I mean, where are we going this year? Nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if he tries shit out this year <laughs> just to see just to see what happens. If he wants to get some experience as a play calling this year, go for it. For, to be honest with you, go for it. I, I don't care because what is this year going to take us? I mean, I mean, is he going to be really that much worse than Anthony Lynn last week? If you go by last week, you're going to say yes. But I wouldn't mind seeing another week of Dan Campbell calling plays. Like next week, I want to see how I want to see how next week is. Like next week, we're going to get another week. Yeah, if, if there's no, you know, if our quarterback is is okay, and there's no weather issues, as they were saying, it, it was a reason for that. Then I want to see I want to see how Dan Campbell calls the plays. I want to I want to be mad at it because Anthony Lynn he hasn't showed anything. I mean, how many quarters? How many first quarters have we seen with Anthony Lynn that we haven't put up any points? First halves. First halves. Yeah. That's it. This hasn't been good. I mean, 
they need to change up, and they're not going to fire anything win right now. No, I there's something that. could probably happen in the offseason, but yeah, they need I, something. They need something. Some, somebody has to, and whether it's Dan Campbell or no, they can't. They can't have the quarterback coach call plays because that's just like firing. That's like firing at oh, what's his name. <laughs> that's like. That's even like a bigger F you to Anthony. That's Lynn. a bigger F you. Yeah, that's a bigger F you. So you can't even do that. You put so, it yeah. in Mark Burnell? Yeah, that's, if you put Mark Burnell, yeah, that's a huge F you. So yeah, they Dan Campbell probably has to do it right now. Yeah. Now like I don't know, man. I just I understand experimenting. And I, like I said, I respect Dan Campbell trying to step in and switch it up because obviously things are not working. He wants to try something else that, you know, maybe results into a different thing. I understand that. And a lot of coaches, like I said, are scared to do that these days because you know, if it doesn't work, their name is behind it now, and that exactly. they don't have, they don't have the scapegoat anymore. And that was something Patricia and you mentioned Caldwell. They always had a scapegoat if something wasn't working well, and they didn't want to put their name behind it, just in case if it doesn't work. Because you know, the, this league is a performance based league, and if if your team is not performing and your name is behind it, you're out the doors. So yeah. I do respect Dan Campbell putting his name and saying, "I am the play caller, and I'm gonna you know dabble with this offense, and I'm." My name is behind it, not Anthony Lynn, not Mark Burnell or whoever. My name is behind it. So I do respect him like that because, like I said, a lot of coaches stay away from that, even if they are mastermind play callers. You mentioned Jim Caldwell. I don't think Jim Caldwell is some mastermind play caller, but you mentioned it. You know, he's had his, he's done some wonders with Joe Flacco and he's had a good pass. So he could have done that and maybe mm-hmm. save, you know, maybe could have revived that line team a little bit more than it was. I think Kyle Shanahan, to a certain degree, with the Niners, I think he's a mastermind. And you know, when he starts to, you know, call plays and, you know, coaches are very scared to, to put their name behind it. So I do respect Dan Campbell doing that. Yeah. And he was honest with it. Like we've seen coaches in the past, Adam Gase, um, who, when they took over, they didn't want the media to know that he took over. They always reflected to somebody <laughs> else. Yeah. They, they didn't want the media to know that he took over. Like it was a big thing with the Jets last year of yeah. who was calling plays. And the, the press conference was uh, were hilarious because it was like, they're like, so Adam, are where are you calling plays? He was like, I'm calling them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, so you're calling plays. He's like, sometimes. And sometimes he's calling plays. I remember that. That was a that was a mess of that was a mess of a situation. And that was even a question we had last year with Matt Patricia. It was like we used to ask every single player that we used to hop on, who's calling plays? Like, yeah, who the hell is calling plays? Who is doing this? Is who this is Corey? Is it on, Patricia? Who is it? Who is the cover one monster here? Who's making you guys run so much? Who's doing this to y'all? Was it Paul in years previous? Like, who was it? And Patricia, until the very end, didn't put his name to it. Until the yeah. very, very end, he didn't put his name to it. It wasn't until they said, look, you're about to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, like i'll take and, over and like i'll say this i think patricia was always the play caller uh, secretly <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that he was a play caller but he, he was like he was like it's like playing a video game yeah. he wasn't like on the team but he was a guy controlling the team like yeah. he was pressing b a he, yeah. he pretty much told them look you guys are gonna run man coverage you guys are gonna run cover one and that was it yeah, I don't care. And he goes, what I'm, I'm, I'm not calling them. I'm, I'm not, not calling, calling them. the police. Not calling them, but you're calling them. But we're gonna recover one. But Patricia's, uh, you know, game plan. You know, it's like in Madden. He he literally put recent plays, and it's like that one play only. He goes, "You're running this, and that's it." Cover but I, but, I, but I'm not calling the play. So you can click A, B, or Y. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's not on me. But this is your this is your play sheet. That you this got is your play sheet. He gave him the play sheet, and it's like cover one all across, like cover all one, the way cover down. Cover one, cover one, cover Nickel one. Nickel cover one, dime cover one, <laughs> base formation cover one. Everything was just cover one. Yeah. They have no other plays. 
you you could choose out one of these threes, A, a B, X, or Y. That's you all you got. You can switch your formations, but damn it, you're still running cover one. Doesn't matter what formation you're in, cover one. And I did not call the play, so this is yeah, on you, I'm, Corey. I'm this is on you, Corey. Yeah, so you got you got to figure this out. You know, here's a playbook, all cover one, but you know, I'm not calling the plays. Yeah. So I, I like I said again, I respect Dan Campbell for for stepping in and putting his name behind it, even though it was a terrible game plan and. One of the worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> but I, I respect him for having the cojones to put his name in front of the media. Hey, I mean, as, as a Lion fan that's been wishing for a running game, it was fun while it lasted. And I hope we, we continue to see a running game. I'm not saying like that, like you completely abandoning the passing game. I'm not saying that. But just having a running game. Seeing, I mean, honestly, when has the Lions rushed for 200 yards in a running in, in, in a game before? When was like the last time we did that? I don't know. But something I'll say on that, it's like, that's great. Use the running game. Use it to a strength, not your only ability on offense. You know, Matt, uh, open up the playbook. Because when, when you have a running game like that, we always say it's your quarterback's best friend. Open up the playbook for your quarterback when you have a running game like that because defenses are on their toes when you have a running game like that because you could do so many different things because they're scared that you're going to run the ball down their throats if, you know, if the way that you're running it. So you have so many different different scenarios that you could have done when you have a run game like that. But it was like, a I don't know if it was an arrogance or just scared or whatever it was. They didn't want to adjust and, and switch it up. It was just, we're going to run this play and that's about it. They want to turn the ball over. Yeah. Which they, they just didn't want to turn the ball over. Playing not to lose, which is not yeah. okay. Yeah. If you're up, like if you're up in the game, that's fine. But you know, when it went to the tie ball game, you're playing to win the game. That's not okay. Yeah, I mean it was it was a tie game. We tied. Yeah, I hate it's ties. a tie. I hate ties. I don't like I don't like ties either, man. It sucks. It's a it's a sucky feeling because you didn't win, and you, when you have a tie, you know you kind of should have won. Do you do you have a scenario that the NFL can maybe do to eliminate ties? Yeah, keep it like do it like college. Start on like the thirty yard line or forty wherever. Yeah, I, I'll say I'll say if they, you know, they'll have overtime. Probably ten. And then and if it's if it's tied still, after the, the time right, was it five minutes of overtime? Ten five minutes. minutes, ten minutes. So after the ten minutes of overtime, and if it's still tied, then you go right to college rule. You go right to college sudden death, where it's like you start off on the thirty, and whoever don't score loses the game. You know what I don't understand either. Why is it 10 minutes and not 15 minutes in overtime? Like, I, I understand they always say player safety and player player safety, right? I think every league is like that. Every league is like shorter, shorter time limit in overtime. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, in other leagues, there's more to it if they're, you know, if it's not – the result's not done. Like, in NBA, you go to another overtime. Or in the NHL, yeah, they, you go they, to a shootout. Or MLB, yeah. you just keep going. You keep on rolling. Uh, but in the NFL, it's only 10 minutes, and then there's a tie at the end. I don't understand why they just play 15 minutes. They say player safety, but then they had a 17th game. I mean, even if it's 15 minutes, well, if it's still a tie, what, you know? Yeah, but, like, at least there's more time to maybe figure it out. Yeah. They they don't want they don't want the players to do all that. I think the best answer is just go college rules, bro. I have a, I have a solution. I think it would be fascinating. Not in this game because it would have kicked us in the ass. Uh, what, you talking about a kickoff? Kicking uh, competition. Uh, kicking competition, hell to the no. 
Hell to the no. No, 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 no. That emphasize you have to have a legit kicker on your team. You can't bullshit it. A kicking competition. I guess you the way you have it will be like what? They start from the 20, and then the other team will go from 20, and then yeah, they make it they go going, to 30. You keep going back. You keep, you keep going, going back, back. 10 yards, yes. Like that's gonna suck because like you gotta think about it this way. The first one that gets to 60 yards is gonna probably lose the game. No, you okay. So let's, you, oh let's, wait. Let's say you make the cap fifty-five. You start off on the twenty, and everyone's just hitting all their shots. So you get to the fifty-five, and then, and then you start over. Fifty-five? No, no, no. Fifty-five is it? We're, we're just, just keep kicking. Just so keep, kicking keep kicking until fifty-five. That'll be interesting. Or, or how about this? You can kick three field goals from the fifty-yard line. Whoever, whoever makes the most field goals, if they go, if they're tied, you keep going. Yeah. That would be electric. That 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 would be that would be interesting. It's like a, it's like <laughs> that would be like a shootout. That would be like a shootout. Yeah, it's like, like a hockey shootout or a penalty kicks in soccer. That would be amazing, and it puts a more emphasis on kickers in the NFL. And, and yeah, it'll give them. They would have to make more money, probably. They'll... Yeah, so it's a win. It's a win win for everybody. More screen time. Actually, you know what? The NFL doesn't want to do this. You know why? Because they they want to kick off the four o'clock games. The, the NFL is so performance based, where they have these time slots: one o'clock, four o'clock, Sunday night, that they don't want to interfere with the, with the time slots of the game because they want to get get to their next kickoff. That's why they're not doing this. Because in yeah. other sports, you want to take advantage of as much screen time as it is. But in the NFL, they have this this set schedule already. I don't know. Maybe that's why they're not doing it. Yeah, now. that's. I think that's a hundred percent why they're not doing it. If I had to take a wild guess, because because yeah. if you're going to a kick, you play ten minute overtime and you go into a kicking competition. You're then all the way through the first quarter of the four o'clock game that that's supposed to be your America's game of the week or something like that. Yeah, but I'm, I might that would that would be that that would make football way more interesting if they did that. I actually like the idea of the kickoff kicking competition to the fifty-five, and then if they just you know if they get to fifty, both of them get to fifty-five, just have them keep kicking until one of them miss. Which yeah. probably should be soon if your kicker is Ryan Santoso. Yeah, I think some, I think something like that, or you get three kicks from the fifty yard line, and then you just decide. Uh, I mean, then you know you decide from there if someone kicks two out of three and the other one kicks one out of three. I right, someone who kicks two out of three wins, or if it's two out of three first two out of three, just keep going. No, oh, I will just kick until the first person misses, and then if the other kicker makes it makes it after that, I guess I will just say they win. Yeah, you get like a redemption, basically. It's like you get three, and then you know, let's say the guy that first kicks, he misses, and the guy after follows him makes it. If he he makes it, game over. You win. It's yeah. just like a, it's just like a hockey penalty shootout or uh, or soccer, something like that. But I think it'd be cool in the NFL with a kicking competition. That would be cool. Let's write a letter to the NFL because ties sucks. Nobody likes ties. Who I likes mean, who likes ties? They do nothing. They do nothing. They hurt your draft position. Yeah, makes it. Yeah, makes it. All it does is it makes it confusing as hell. Yes, for the draft position. That's all it does. Draft position and playoff spot for like the last wild card. If you're like in a tough race, like which Pittsburgh could be in. They're five, three, and one now, so they're gonna be in a close race for the playoffs in the wild card. And this tie could, you know, affect it. It's gonna yeah. affect some type of result. It is because now they're confused on what they need to do to 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 get to that wild card spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. We, we, we need this in the next CBA. We need a kicking competition in the NFL. Yeah. Who can who can we talk to? Is it Troy Vincent? We'll talk uh we'll get Roger Goodell on the line or something like that. We'll Roger try to figure Goodell. that out. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll work on that right away, guy. <laughs> you, you didn't give me meteorologist for Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I did not. But I did predict the. I, hey, I told you the weather. I said it's gonna suck, and guess what? It sucked. Yeah, it did suck. Yeah, we, that, we that didn't get snow, but we did get rain. Oh, oh, there's something I wanted to mention, man. Yes. Panay Sewell. He balled. He had a he had a good game. He had a good game at the right side. That, that was that was. Uh, I know a lot of people had question marks on that because he was going back to the right side, but he played well. They asked him to do a lot too, you know, in the screen game and just kind of do a lot of the dirty work and. Yeah, you know, he, he did a good he job. Pulled, they pulled him a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a he pulled out a lot in the screen game. Yeah, they didn't really have many opportunities Locker. to pass protect because they didn't pass the ball. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that'll be something to see next week. I, I want to see how how the offensive line is playing next week as well. That's something to look at. You got another tough task as well. I mean, they did a good job with the Pittsburgh front, which is a good front. But then you got another tough task. You got Miles Garrett. I believe J.J. Davion Clowney's healthy, so you got Clowney, uh, Garrett. You got some nice defensive players in Cleveland, which we'll break down later this week. And that's not going to be an easy game either. So we'll talk about that later on in this week. But I think for now, I think that's all we got for this yeah, Steelers. I think game. that's it. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed. We went a little over than usual, but I think that's okay. I think we had a, a good, healthy conversation. We officially, I think, eliminated this Lions-Steelers game just out of our systems, and we don't have to talk about this game for a while, which is, I think, a good thing. And I could hopefully forget about this game, which probably is not going to happen, but, you know, we're going to try our best. Five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed. And... Come join us on Spotify Green Room on Sundays. Every game, every game, an hour before kickoff and right immediately right after kickoff or right after the game, I should say. We are live on Spotify Green Room talking about the Lions game, and we still haven't got to talk about a win. We still haven't had a a victory Spotify Green Room preseason and a regular season. Nothing. We've had any any victories yet. No, 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 no victories. So we're gonna try again this Sunday versus the Cleveland Browns. So. So come join us on Spotify Green Room. We were an hour before kickoff and right after. Right yeah, after you're, you're scaring the listeners away. You're yeah. scaring them away right now. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out, guys. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 